Inner Voice, a heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujian. Break free from the forces holding you back. Get the life you deserve. Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, decrease depression, and start living your full potential. Thousands have used Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory, an evidence-based behavioral health breakthrough with incredible life-changing results. Getting rid of past trauma, having fulfilling relationships, increasing earnings, and living their best life. Now, the Fujian app is available to everyone. The app is Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory in the palm of your hand. Download the Fujian app today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Voice Podcast, a heartfelt chat with my guest and you beautiful listeners and viewers. I'm Dr. Fujian Zain. I'm a psychotherapist and author and the originator of the awareness integration theory. Um, it's so great to be with you all. Um, for awareness integration theory, I uh, want to let all of the therapists and coaches who are listening to us to know that a whole new program for this year is out. Um, and we'd love to have you and have you be certified in this amazing um, theoretical model and um, for you to be certified in this model and be put on Fujian app as um, a provider. And um, for all of you who really want to try this model in your life, you know we've got Fujian app. We could go through 30 areas of your life, 30 areas, and go through the six phases to really look at who you are, the best of you, the parts you don't really like, what to do with all of that, heal your past, go through this process of healing your past and letting go of all those limiting beliefs and then creating the future. Now for this new year, we got an amazing deal for you. It's been reduced and reduced over the reduced and all of it. And right now it's like $4.99 per month. Like it's only $56 per year. So you've got to take this opportunity to really love yourself, look at yourself and make the best of you show up right so go to fujan.com go to app um, store or the google where you get your apps and go look for fujan app and uh, i'm positive that uh, we're gonna have an amazing year together now today in this episode i get to chat with kate king she is a fellow professional counselor. She's a licensed professional counselor, board certified art therapist, and a radiant life coach. She's a published author, which is a professional artist and creative entrepreneur. Um, she expertly teaches a unique transformational healing strategy that integrates science, psychology, creativity, and spirituality. We had a great conversation about her new book, uh, the Radiant Life Project. She calls it a project because it's your life project. It is at the Radiant Life Project. Awaken your purpose, heal your past, and transform your future. You can learn more about her at uh, um, theradiantlifeproject.com. We had a great conversation about um, authenticity and how you could find yourself, you know, the shadow sides of yourself, the great parts, the sunny side of yourself, how to bring them together, how to live uh, from wholeness, how to live a conscious life that you could move forward. So I hope that you enjoy uh, our conversation as much as I did. Um, so, you know, to 
therapists talking to each other and yet talking to you and sharing with you uh, what each one of us had gone and experienced and how that could support you. Subscribe to my podcast. Yeah, yeah, this podcast and this YouTube channel and connect with me through my website, fujanzane.com or any of the social media, Dr. Fujan Zane in any of them. And share with me your thoughts, your uh, experience, what you like to hear, what subjects you want to talk about. We want us to talk about and you want me to go and have the experts come in and tell you about them. The questions you might have. I truly love to hear from you. So without further ado, here's Kate King. Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, and decrease depression. Dr. Fujian Zane's awareness integration theory has helped thousands like you get incredible life-changing results. The Fujian app gives you her evidence-based treatment in the palm of your hand. Download today. It is so nice to have you on our show, Kate. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here with you. Um, we're going to talk about your book, The Radiant Life Project, Awaken Your Purpose, Heal Your Past, Transform Your Future. And um, But there's a story in that you wrote actually at the end of your book about what kind of got you to slow down and just be with you and out of that just slowing down and being with you this book kind of got flourished so can you share with us about you and your journey of actually getting to write the book and then we'll kind of get involved in all of you know what you've um what you've shared with us after that Absolutely. So this book is sort of the end product of a really severe bout of burnout that came about after um, over 15 years of clinical psychotherapy practice. And then you throw a pandemic on top of that. And I think a lot of the mental health therapists felt like the mental stability of the world was really shaky at that time. We all took on probably more than we should have tried to help more people than at least I had the capacity for. And after the pandemic lasted longer than any of us really expected it to, I found myself in tears at my kid's bus stop talking to two of the other parents from my neighborhood about just how absolutely depleted and hollow inside I was feeling after really just trying to help at this capacity that I couldn't sustain. So uh, these neighbors helped me to reflect and to really see the honesty of the burnout that had been plaguing me that I'd been avoiding. And I from that point forward, created a five-month sabbatical for myself where I took a step back from my clinical practice. I referred my clients to other supports that could help them while I was away. And I did a really deep dive into my own burnout and why this had happened and what had I been doing wrong that you know depleted me so much and how could I return to my work in a meaningful way because being a healer and helping is so important and crucial to me that I wanted to return but it needed to be in a way that benefited and supported me as well so it could be more sustainable so during that time 
I was doing a lot of soul searching, some of my own therapy, a lot of resting. And I started to really pull together the writing of this book, The Radiant Life Project. I got the insight and intuition that it needed to be called the Radiant Life Project because it was all about really igniting and illuminating the inner flame that is in each one of us. It's the essence of our being and it's the source of energy that propels us through our days and through our lives. And I had experienced through that burnout the way that that inner light can burn really low and really dim. And so this is the exploration of how to really support and cultivate cultivate strength around that flame so that it can sustain us and propel us through our life in a way that's really rich in meaning and freedom and nourishes us from the inside out where when we are so illuminated, we can then benefit other people from that light and it can permeate beyond ourselves and into society at large. Yes. Um, I recall, I, at, I think at times I had to see 60 clients per week in during some of the times. And it was a lot of anxiety, a lot of uh, depression. Um, and people just adjusting with uh, with being either stuck at home with friends and, and, you know, with like their children or not having the ability to see their parents. So it was a lot of newness for everyone. And you're right. Many people in service business, healing businesses, um, in the field of, you know, service and healing, um, they do get burned out because there's a part of them that are constantly giving. And, and when you are in a process of giving people who do need to receive, they're going to flock, they're going to consistently come back. And I think for most of the people who go into this type of a field, there is also, a feeling of responsibility and obligation that you don't know how to say no to when the boundaries are. And many times people in this field, mental health, physicians, I mean, we we also saw how physicians and nurses were completely burned out and, um, and how it was hard. So I'm glad that um, there was a voice in you that uh, kind of caught you finally and said, stop. And you talk about this in your book about you know, the really deep rest and what it can do for us. And some, we do need to hear that voice inside of us that somehow tells us this. I know for me, I just start crying. Like when I'm so tired, all I know is that my body starts releasing. It's almost like, well, you're not sitting down for me to release I'm just going to release. So, you know, I just, my tears just show up and I, that's how I get that. I need to, I need to stop and actually do the deep rest. You actually put a chapter about how to nurture yourself and go into the deep rest. Can you share a little bit about that? Absolutely. Deep rest is sort of the antidote to what is called hustle culture, which is sort of that hedonic treadmill of just going and striving and never stopping and working harder and it never being enough, but also never reaching a place where you feel satisfied. And 
we can get really burned out, whether it's in the healthcare industries and the financial industries, teachers, everyone who is interfacing with other people and with different iterations of themselves on a daily basis has the capacity for burnout in hustle culture because we're not robots. And even though somehow the narrative in our society has been that we should be robotic, we should never feel tired, we should never stop, you should sleep when you're dead, narratives like that are really harmful. And so my chapter about deep rest is really about how to come into contact with the humanity inside yourself that is just like every other aspect of nature. It ebbs and flows. It waxes and wanes like the moon. There's seasons of your energy. There are times for dormancy like winter, times for awake and aliveness like spring and summer. And so really listening to what your inner rhythm is and honoring it by finding the special flavor of rest that resonates mostly with you. And it's not always just lying down and watching Netflix. Sometimes like in my sabbatical, the rest that was so helpful for me was an active form of rest. It was walking in nature and being outside or creating a spaciousness where I wasn't so weighed down with work that I could actually feel inspiration coming through and I could create artwork. And so I think it's really important to identify that exhaustion and fatigue can happen on sort of a continuum and they can happen in the mind, the body, the soul, the emotional system, all at very different cadences and frequencies. So you might've slept great and you might always sleep great, but if your soul is really weary or your mind is really depleted, the vigor of your body won't be enough to propel you through. You have to have balance through all of your energetic systems. And that's where deep rest can kind of cross the line between each of those and help to unite you as a holistic being where deep rest can permeate into your soul. There's also um, this aspect of when you are in that deep rest that you do get to be reflective, right? To be, um, to look at the different sides of yourself that your different voices inside of you share. And you talk about um, the authenticity in, in one of your chapters about how we could become authentic. Because sometimes, you know, we um, we lie to ourselves without necessarily intending to, but there might be different parts of us which have different desires. So you kind of like, you know, lie to yourself at that moment, right? So every time I see cookie, there is a lie that I tell to myself, right? That this is, this is good for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. At least the taste does, you know? And then there's a lie that I wish that I could just eat whatever I want and then not have any, you know, negative consequences. So there's so many of the, there's a part of us that, uh, you know, doesn't, um, it's not congruent to itself, uh, whether it's toward ourself or toward, you know, the, whatever it is out there. Um, one of them may be for, for, for us is, is like, I can go, go, go. And, you know, I don't, so that by itself is another, you know, kind of a, an authentic thing that we say to ourselves. So share with us um, what you mean by authenticity and how you have um, come to, toward your own authentic self. Absolutely. Authenticity is 
the realness of who you are in this very moment. It's not the you that you were yesterday, and it's not the person you're becoming in the future or hope to be. It's who you actually are in this moment. And if that means you're weary from burnout or resentful from giving too much or reflective about being inauthentic, that is you in this moment. And so Tracking your authenticity means being able to pivot over time as you grow and change and continuing to come into contact with the truest essence of who you are. And you will be presented with opportunities that will challenge that because mass society is really more interested in you buying into an overculture or a groupthink perspective of who you should be, who you think you are, who other people want you to be. But the practice of authenticity is disregarding what anyone else thinks of you and wants for you and coming back to an inward gaze where you identify for yourself who is the me that I am in this very moment and how can I live my life from that perspective moving forward and there's a part of us that you um we, we could say who am I and then there the duality of a lot of me shows up that um, each one of them might have something to say right and and um in one of your um one of the chapters you also talk about how to see our own shadow sides or in everything that shows up there is the shadow side what is the sunny side what are the each one of them might have to say what is it that each part of us wants and then you know even the uh, even the recognition of this duality and the recognition of all of our sides is also part of that authenticity so can you share a little bit about that part the shadow side and sunny side teaching from the book is something that I use a lot in my personal life too. It's like there being two sides to a coin where one is in the light and one is in the shadow or two sides to the moon where you can't see the shadow side, but you know it's there. So every situation, every feeling, every relationship, every experience has more dimensions than what you can see on the surface. And the sunny side might be the visual that you can see or experience that feels okay for you. And an example, giving as a therapist feels really good for me. It feels really helpful. It feels very connecting. But the shadow side is what I may not be seeing, the piece that's kind of in the dark. And that might be the part of me that's giving to other people at the expense of myself and self-abandoning so that I can feel worthy or valuable in the eyes of others. And the shadow side is where we have so much potential for growth and healing. If we can really acknowledge what about an experience is in that material that's kept outside of our view, then we can start to know ourselves more clearly and more deep. Because if I know that part of my healing gifts to other people are based on feeling unworthy unless I'm helpful, then I can go back in time into my psyche and try to figure out where that narrative came from and how that limiting belief is motivating me in an unhealthy way to do something that actually has pretty good intentions if I could take into account the sunny side of just my desire to be helpful. Mm -hmm. So the more facets of ourselves we can be honest about and hold space for, the better and more completely we know each other and the deeper our healing can be. So when we're talking about the shadow side, how do you um, support people to kind of move toward the sh their 
seeing actually the shadow side. My experience has been, Kate, that many times um, when either uh, when people see their shadow side, that they judge themselves and then they put themselves down and then sometimes they punish themselves. And there is this struggle that happens when they see that they don't like something about themselves or it's on the other side. Um, and there is a path that we go through when um, one is that we could be denying it, ignoring it, not wanting to see it, not having the ability to see it. And the other side is that when we see it, um, how do we handle it? You know, how are, are we um, are we being very judgmental or can we be accepting of the part of us that we didn't see or we don't want to see, or it just is. So it's part of our reality. And then what we could look at is a lot of times it's there, it leaks, it's uh, all over our behavior anyway, all over our results anyway. And we've been trying to justify it somehow or kind of like dump it on the outside world versus taking the responsibility of you know, I'm, I'm also creating this path of how that, you know, how that shadow side when I'm not engaging or handling it appropriately, that it's going to exist and it's going to show up and it's going to live and create part of our results, right? So it's how to be with that shadow side when we are recognizing it that also helps. Mm -hmm. I think it circles back to what you said earlier about self-honesty I think we can only meet ourselves as deeply as we feel safe. And so I think about self-honesty as something with a lot of layers. And if you want to, I talk about it in my book as stacked bricks. So there might be a stack of bricks that you're trying to take down and disassemble. It might be a barrier that's keeping you apart from the radiant life that you're moving toward. And if you try to disassemble the wall by pulling out the bottom brick, it's going to destabilize the whole system and it will come crashing down. Whereas if you take the brick that's on top, it will come freely and gently and slowly the wall will be able to come down that way. And that's how I think of self-honesty too. If you are honest with yourself about something that you're not really feeling safe about or you're not ready to see, it can be really destabilizing to your system. And in fact, it can set you back in terms of feeling more anxious, having more panic, having depression, feeling kind of unsupported in the knowledge that you gained. So when I work with people around self-honesty, I always tell them to take the top layer of what they're willing to be honest with themselves about and work their way down. And that might be as simple as just noticing, okay, I'll be honest with myself that I said yes when I really wanted to say no. I should have said no to that invitation or to that vacation that I was really too exhausted to go on, but instead I went and now I feel worse because of it. So becoming honest in that way is helpful because it's like a muscle that you learn to strengthen. And the more honesty you show to yourself, the more you can trust your inner compass to continue to lead you towards that true North direction, because you're not worried that you're lying to yourself anymore. Very much. There's a uh, chapter that you wrote about culture and what we get from it. And just to kind of connect it with what we were talking about, 
There's a lot of messages that not only we get from our culture, our parents' culture, our ancestors, or, you know, the culture that we live, or even the culture that's outside of us. Like, you know, when we go to work, a work environment has its own culture, right? If you, we live in a particular section of a country, it has its own culture. So um, we could look at what we're also gaining from the culture where innately just slowly but surely, uh, you know, becomes fabric of who we are, right? There's also this part of authenticity that we're talking about that sometimes who I am and what I really desire might be different than the culture that is out there. And then that's the authenticity that really helps. Like I remember um, in my 20s, um, I got a job which was about sales and I remember, um, you know, I was like being kind to everybody, all the salesperson, and I was doing my job. And I remember my my boss came to me and said, you're not meeting your numbers. And I said, you know, well, share with me and help me how to meet my numbers, because these are the things I'm doing. And it seems like everybody likes it. But yeah, you're right. She said, no, you have to be like so-and-so, and these are the things you got to do, and you got to be aggressive and move forward. And I remember for three months, I just went like the way she taught me, I did it. And then I came back to her and she said, you know, you met your not only numbers, but you also met your national numbers. And, you know, we wanted to really honor you with three months. You came up so much, you know, you have become um, such, a, such an assertive and an aggressive that people around here now are calling you a barracuda. And then I thought, oh my God. So I, I, I went to my desk, wrote my resignation letter and came back and put it on her desk. And she was shocked. Goes, what are you talking about? I just told you how great you did. I said, yes, but you also told me who I need to be in order to be that great. And when I see that's who I need to be, where other people are also calling me a barracuda, that's not who I am and an authentic, I, that's not somebody I could be happy with internally, although the culture of the job and the career at that moment was you had to be that aggressive, right? So it's like sometimes the culture that we're, you know, kind of moving, either we got from our ancestors or family or a culture that we're kind of growing into, uh, might have its benefits, obviously, but that might not also um, kind of align with the you know who we really are. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. It's it's so helpful to have a real life example like you shared. And you used the word alignment, and that was the word that was coming to me as you were talking was misalignment. When we're misaligned in our commitments and our relationships and the culture that we're buying into, it shows an incongruency with who we actually are and who we're pretending to be. And it is sustainable for a while, but I think it's kind of eats away at you over time. And people who are living in such misalignment often will come down with health issues or mental health struggles. They might notice that things in their intimate relationships are falling apart. And that's because so much energy is having to go towards sustaining the facade of who you're supposed to be in a misaligned cultural system that you don't have enough energy left to take care of yourself and to enjoy your life and to connect 
connect with the people you really care about. And it's becoming sort of a black hole drain. So I think it's important to remember when we're talking about culture, that there are large cultures, like the culture of our country, or even like our global culture. And then there are subcultures, which are within the larger cultures. There are these little pockets of people who share values, share belief systems, have the same identification with how they imagine their life to go. And so I think it's important to remember that you can jump subcultures. You can even jump large cultures. It just takes intention. And so if you're really listening to the mind-body system, you're feeling what you felt. Like, I don't want to be a barracuda that doesn't feel like the me that I know then it's as simple as writing your resignation and jumping to a new culture where you can feel like oh yeah this is a full body yes mm -hmm. and as soon as you learn how to listen to the signs of your body you know what a yes feels like and you know what a no feels like. And it can be very simple. It can be, do I want this food or that food? Do I want to be a night owl or a morning person? And your body will give you a lightness and a pleasant warmth when something is a yes. And it will give you a tension and a stuckness and heaviness when something is a no. So jumping cultures like you did I'm, I'm sure I can guess that it probably felt like a full body yes when you left that environment where you were being wrongly identified as a barracuda. Yes. And I think that there's a part, for example, for me and many people like yourself and other people who are in the healing, um, let's say industry or, or field, it's that there is a generosity of giving and love, you know, wanting this concept of living in love. So it's more like, okay, how can I be in a place where that is fostered versus, a, you know, a kind of a aggressive competition is fostered where it might not fit with my body. Now, I have people, friends, you know, family members and clients who uh, they get fostered by that level of, of competitive edge. And you could see that their body says yes to that but not mine, right? So it's very different. It's like that's the part of the authenticity and really listen to listening to yourself to see who am I? And does this culture give me the meaning and the purpose, which is something that you share um, in your book, The Radiant Life Project, Awaken Your Purpose, Heal the Past, Transform Your Future, Everyone by Kate King. So can you share a little bit about this concept of the purpose and, and meaning that's so important for us, which drives us actually. And yes, we get some of it from our culture and some of it might actually be that our culture is dictating for us that this should be the path of you know meaning and purpose, but the meaning and purpose that we have in our mind or or that it really drives us might be different than, you know, the one that culture gives us. Can you share a little bit about that? Mm, that's so true. And I think the beauty of society is that there really is something here for everyone. So if you are aligned with your authentic self, if you're living with integrity to that inner true north compass, then you will end up in a position in your life that feels generative and fulfilling and purposeful for you while the next person over is doing something quite different, but it's feeling good for them too. So your authenticity allows other people 
people to find their authenticity through watching you, through your modeling. And in that way, there are the really competitive people who get to drive and work hard and fulfill that role. And there are the really soulful, really mellow people who get to fulfill that role and everything in between. And your question about purpose is that's sort of the sweet spot of all of this because feeling a meaningful sense of purpose in your life is a driving force that keeps you feeling excited and inspired and creative and generative. And it combats that experience of waking up and feeling like, oh, this is the same day. You know, I keep living over and over and I just got to get through it. Because if you live your entire life just trying to get through the day, then you can bet you're probably living on an autopilot setting where you're not really present to the gifts of the life that you're living or the relationship connection or the learning opportunities. Whereas if you wake up in the morning and you think, what am I going to create today? Or how am I going to fulfill my purpose today? Even if it's as simple as making my kids breakfast and connecting with them for five minutes before they go to school, having some kind of purpose it illuminates your day in such a beautiful way. And going back to what we talked about with the inner light, it really helps to fan that inner flame and keep you excited about the life that is yours. And it doesn't have to stay the same throughout the lifespan. And we know this because so many people shift careers as they move through life. If you are willing to pivot and make changes as you change and grow in accordance with finding meaning and finding purpose, you do not have to stay stagnant. You can constantly be a work in progress, which is why I call my work the Radiant Life Project, because you are the most important project that you will ever have in your life. And there is no final destination for you where you've just landed in that place that you're going to stay for the rest of your life in terms of your growth journey. So the project of continuing to pivot closer towards your purpose and live your life with meaning and be intentional and be conscious, that's the project. So let's talk about being conscious and, and purposeful. Um, and to allow that kind of a growth to happen um, within yourself. You know, you talk about um, a self-led living, mm -hmm. right? Like how there are areas of our life that we unconsciously um, live and unconsciously, um, one of the sentences you said that caught me was like unconsciously selling yourself, which is the, the uh, what I was sharing with you uh, and our audience about when, you know, when my boss told me that I have to do it this way and I was, you know, and I said, okay, I'll learn, I'll move forward and I'll, you know, I want to meet those numbers. And those are sometimes the unconscious selling of yourself that you're doing because there's something in front of you that you could see the benefits of it, but you're not seeing like the shadow side of it or something that is going to, you know, sometimes you got to go through the experience to get it. And you're not, you know, you might not have the experience or the wisdom or the knowledge beforehand to see is this going to sell on me or not or is this good for me or not sometimes you got to jump in and sometimes you know by age and wisdom and experience and listening to your body which will tell you every time like you said that you'll capture it like I know that the, my body's saying no, but I'm intrigued. Like another part of me wants to experience this, or I want, oh, I see the benefits, you know, let me go into the benefits. 
And then somehow subconsciously we put ourselves into patterns that are not working for us. And they're kind of like a destructive patterns that we put in. So when, when we start learning how to be conscious, so, um, and then we can make choices from that, but that concept of consciousness itself, um, it also has a path, right? Because there, we're talking about past traumas, um, same way, you know, you talk about healing in your book and it's in the title of your book, like heal your past. So there, there's also the concept of becoming conscious, not only of the present moment, but also what leads to this present moment from everything that has happened from the past. Mm-hmm. I like to think of a person's life as a tapestry that has all of these woven threads and everything from your past is essential because it has woven your tapestry to get you to the point where you currently are. And so when you look back and you think, gosh, that trauma was really painful or that relationship was really abusive or that period of life was really hard, it would be easy to just say, gosh, I wish it had never happened. But in fact, that happening and you moving through that has created such a different version of you in the moment that you never would have been, that you would have more resilience, more insight. Maybe what you went through gave you deeper compassion for other people because you experienced pain and suffering firsthand. And so I really like to remind people that there is nothing in this life that is ever wasted. Even the really difficult experiences serve as lessons. And if we're willing to not miss those lessons and pick them up as they present, that's where consciousness comes comes in. Because if you're on autopilot, if you're not paying attention and you're living unintentionally, it's really easy to miss those lessons and write them off as just a bad experience or something I want to forget. But instead, if it's like prying open an oyster and looking for the pearl, if you can really give yourself the patience to be conscious to your life and understand that what's happening to you is an offering And some offerings are uncomfortable, and that is the way that they communicate their worth and their value to you. Then you can take that pearl and you can weave it into that tapestry, and it becomes really broadening and deepening of how you get to meet your life moving forward. Yes. Anything we haven't shared so far that, Kate, you really want people to know? I just want people to know that there's a lot of complexity to them and to try not to get too attached to the parts of themselves that they either favor and think are wonderful or resent and think are horrible, but to really hold space that every part of them has a purpose in their system and is highly adaptive and is doing their best to protect you in this moment that you're in. So just really practicing trying to integrate and find a home for all the parts of you instead of exile or eradicate the parts that you don't like. I like that. You're kind of talking about um, kind of getting to know each part and bringing them and integrating them in a wholeness concept where they can all exist at the same time versus you have to. And and you can pick and choose when you're conscious which part of you comes forward and really, you know, does what it does best. Mm-hmm. And but but not to necessarily uh, because it seems like when we're fighting with different parts of ourselves, we're supporting a separation inside versus allowing it all to be Mm -hmm. the radiant life project everyone awaken your purpose heal your past transform your future by kate king kate how can people find you 
The hub for all things Kate King is www.theradiantlifeproject.com. I am also active on social medias. My handle is The Radiant Life Project, and I'm really interactive with my community. DM me, contact me. I'd love to hear about your story and um, love for you to join me in this meaningful work. It was a joy to have you. Thank you. It was so lovely to be here with you. And for all of you who are out there, create an amazing life for yourself and everyone around you. And until next week, bye-bye. Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, and decrease depression. Dr. Fujian Zane's awareness integration theory has helped thousands like you get incredible life-changing results. The Fujian app gives you her evidence-based treatment in the palm of your hand. Download today.